person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. Well, I meant it, but I was so stupid that I didn't mean what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom com genre. We'll cover well worn classics hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used or maybe abused. And of course, the the shenanigans! Shenanigans! (laughs) Shenanigans. Oh, today we'll be looking at Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes. Classic. Absolute classic. And this movie kind of starts with Bridget Jones making news resolutions, which is very fitting because this is our first episode for the new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, Jazz, if I remember correctly, you also don't do New Year's resolutions, right? I don't. Maybe that's a moral failing on me, but I just (laughs) feel like if I'm gonna make a resolution, just do it when you feel moved to do it. Yes. No, I then probably am also failing morally, if that's the case, because <laughs> I don't do news resolutions either. If something comes up that I feel needs attention, I try to implement it when I've recognized that I want to change something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've tried it a couple of times to make news resolutions, and they just didn't work. Yeah, I also end up not really committing to New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I feel like the worst time of the year to ask me to do a resolution, and this is probably hemisphere-based, <laughs> the worst time is like after the rush of Christmas and yes. while it's still freezing cold out. Like, don't ask me to go do things outside. I'm not and doing it. And the sun is setting at like 3 p.m. and it's miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here in the Southern Hemisphere, conversely, I feel like we've just had the holiday season. The weather is still so beautiful and so sunny and it just has like this chilled relaxed pace i'm not in the mood to be changing up habits and stuff when the weather's this beautiful no (laughs) enjoy yourself maybe we're just both using the weather as an excuse it is a moral (laughs) failing (laughs) but like you guys let us know do you make news resolutions and how do they work out for you if you do or tell us about how we don't have the emotional fortitude (laughs) whatever All right, before we get into our plot synopsis for Bridget Jones, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to our friends at Bluebird Broadcast. Yes, Bluebird Broadcasts, good friends of ours, a company that started out of the same acting school as us. Yes. And what they do on their podcast is they have writers submit works and then they produce and perform everything as a radio play. So it's a really fun way to like get together with writers and collaborate and I'm really into it. Yes, it's so cool. So check them out and here's a quick something something from them yay what do you get when you combine voice actors playwrights and a podcast well you get an ever-growing collection of audio theater full of original works of every genre you get bluebird broadcast hi 
I'm the host, creator, and producer of Bloomberg Broadcast, Milena Karpuchina. Adults need story time too. And with bite-sized radio plays, immerse yourself in a story worth listening to. Whether it be about two men exploring the Alaskan wilderness, a world in which the government imposes arranged marriage for all, or a woman justifying being coerced into murder, you'll find the story for you. Listen to Bluebird Broadcast today, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yay! So that's our friends over at Bluebird Broadcast. Definitely check them out. Totally. And now without further ado, let's get into that plot synopsis. Let's do it! So Bridget Jones's love life is not going so well. At the decrepit age of 32, total spinster, she fears she will be alone forever. Oh God, I am older than that already. I know. Here we go. Her mother (laughs) attempts to set her up with her friend's son, Mark, but it goes disastrously wrong. So Bridget decides she needs to make some changes in her life in the new year. Her resolutions quickly go askew when she starts a flirtation with her boss, Daniel, but somehow she keeps running into Mark. Shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans ensue. All of the shenanigans ensue. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so because everyone should know, I know, tell me about how I'm terrible. I had never seen this before. I I don't watch a lot of movies, if I'm totally honest. I've told Jane this. I'm an episodics person. I miss most movies, okay? I've never seen it, and it's a classic. So here we are, my first time watching it. It is a classic. You didn't say before we started watching that you've never seen this movie before. Oh, no, I don't say anything. Uh, Yeah. Because I'm embarrassed. Aw. So (laughs) some of the things, when I was, like, talking about it in the chat, it was kind of starting to sound a little bit strange to me because I was like, so many people know the plot to this movie. It's a classic. Some of my comments were like, yeah, I know. What is this your first time? (laughs) The answer is yes, it was my first time. (laughs) Some of your comments, it felt kind of like, I think she's like being tongue in cheek for dramatic effect. And then later I was like, wait. All of my comments were because I was genuinely going through it for the first time. You see how high in regard I hold your comedic chops, Jasmine. Oh my God. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. This is why we're best friends. Aw, you're going to piss some people off with that. I mean, it's tiered. We've talked about this. Best it's a friends tier. are tiered. It is a tier. There isn't a best friend. It's, it's a, a tier. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I also, too, had one of these moments for you. We'll okay. talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think you about my mental state, but just my emotional well-being. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So there are obviously plenty of trope. In this classic rom-com, we've got love triangle, narration, a meddling ma being dressed inappropriately for a party. Not once, maybe not even (laughs) twice, like thrice. We've got enemies to lovers. Again. We've got someone who doesn't cook trying to make an elaborate meal. I hope you can tell how I feel about that one. (laughs) Finding and reading someone's diary and there's bad things about you in it. I always feel really stressed when that happens. Exactly. Why? There's personal information in there. Why did you leave it out? I had a diary for five seconds as a kid and my brother was so damn nosy that that (laughs) lasted for like three weeks. Absolutely not. This cannot have my personal thoughts and feelings. Mm-mm. Like, too accessible. Oh, you said five. I thought you were going to say five years. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that's really impressive. <laughs> and you said five seconds. No, it, it was very short-lived. And I prefer to keep my thoughts and feelings in my brain <laughs> where they belong. <laughs> um <laughs> 
<laughs> I try to keep a diary as well, but my brain is a little bit too overactive. So I think faster than I can write. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't work. Yeah. My thoughts and feelings are not out there to be seen by anyone. No, I think too many mean things that I would never say out loud. Yes. <laughs> for that to be in a diary anywhere for anyone to ever see. They're my thoughts. Don't judge me. Okay. So obviously this love triangle is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my Does, word. Is there nothing beforehand with Daniel? Renee Zellweger. Uh, Zell- Why can't I say her damn name? Zellweger. Use the character name then. Yeah, thank you. Bridget. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. And then we've got... Colin Firth as Mark and Hugh Grant as Daniel. Was there at any point before the weird email flirtation where like Daniel was showing interest at Bridget or is it just suddenly he shows interest? Here we go. Right. That is true. There's, it kind of did come out of the blue, didn't it? Yeah. I was just like, were they flirting before? I feel like she had a schoolgirl crush on him Mm -hmm. and then he very suddenly had one back was it really just the short skirt that's what i was also going to ask was it all because of the skirt because that skirt's powerful then if that's the case i need me one of those (laughs) (laughs) forget the sisterhood of the traveling pants jane and i are going to share a magic skirt (laughs) because yes i don't know what the deal was with that and maybe that's also just me coming in as a first-time viewer i was like what Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see some of the things you would have noticed being a first-time viewer in your 30s already, coming from someone who's seen this movie so many times. Some of the things I don't even question. Yeah. Because you're just so familiar with how it goes. But yeah, so that's the one corner segment, section of the triangle. Yeah. What are you, point? Apex? (laughs) I don't know. You can tell I was really good at maths at school. Yeah, one of the points. There we go. (laughs) Then you've got Mark, which is such a fun, meet cute. It's brutal, but it's pretty damn funny. Oh, yes. Devastating. She comes into a holiday party. The turkey and curry holiday party. <laughs> Which is Which hilarious. Is like, the very top of the movie. The dialogue is very, very funny. We come in hot with some casual racism towards Japan. Oh goodness. And we go quickly into gherkins on toothpicks being the height of sophistication, <laughs> which is so damn funny. And then they actually have it. She literally walks around with a plate of gherkins. I thought that she was being yes. facetious. And then there comes mom with those damn <laughs> gherkins i also just couldn't stop laughing because she's wearing the world's most absurd outfit and she says she's wearing a carpet yes it does look like a carpet to be fair she does and then she has the audacity to think like oh maybe mark is the one i've been waiting for then pan down we see his sweater it's ugly and it's rudolph and the only thing i could think is mind your business don't be judging him you look like a clown i mean i actually thought his sweater was really cute i loved the reindeer sweater i think he looked better than she did me too and then we found out that mom gave it to him of course he's wearing that cute ass reindeer sweater and it's at christmas time if i mean my grandma gives me something that i don't like i'm wearing it yeah you know what i mean like totally it's happening and so mark is the person who bridget's mother is trying to set her up with Ooh, my social anxiety was starting already when she just goes on and on and on yeah. about what did she even say she resolved to stop drinking that's going well she has a drink in her hand and the smoking 
smoking. There she's smoking. She like <laughs> humble brags about her apartment in London. Mm-hmm. It's all very awkward and it all reeks of insecurity that we all had in our early 20s. But now she's in her early 30s and I'm feeling stressed for her. <laughs> so stressed, especially because Mark is just standing there so stoic and just watching her. Yeah. Which makes it worse. He's just like, uh-huh. Yes. And I'm one of those people who... When I get nervous, I start talking to fill the silence because I feel anxious. Oh, it just makes it so much worse. It's so bad. I'm so glad that I do the opposite. I tend to be stoic and quiet, Uh, almost painfully so. mm -hmm. I don't know that you're going to think my colorful commentary is funny or charming (laughs) at least. Then I'm going to keep my damn mouth shut. She just does the opposite and it hurts. Oh, it hurts so much because she's digging herself into a painful grave. Yes. And it's just... A grave of her oh, own goodness. shortcomings and, and like... insecurities. Yeah. And she can't stop talking about herself. It's still a great meet-cute to set up their dynamic between each other. Because once it's time for the buffet... Painful. Mark turns around, goes to the buffet, runs into his mom, and goes, I'm really tired of you setting me up with these absolute duds. She's a smokestack, and she's impossible, and she's a drunkard. Can we please just, like, not do this again, Ma? <laughs> and then, of course... Bridget's behind there. Bridget Bridget hears it all. And her response is so awkward. And she walks right through them. (laughs) I'll never understand, like, if I overheard someone saying some shit about me, I might walk through them as a power move, Mm -hmm. but I would never walk through the center of two people who were talking shit and feel bad and, like, shrink. Mm. You've given them too much power. Oh, goodness. And then to fill out the love triangle, Daniel sets it up that Mark had an affair with Daniel's fiancé, and we find later on in the movie that it was actually Daniel who had an affair with Mark's wife. And they are previous best friends from university. Daniel was the best man at his wedding. Oh, gosh. Yes. (gasps) Brutal. Terrible. So the two of them don't have a great relationship either, which just adds a little bit extra spice to the love triangle and leads to Jasmine's favorite scene in the whole movie, oh, which we'll yeah. get into later. Oh, I would watch that scene over and over and over again. I'm going to finish recording and go watch it again. All right. There's our giant love triangle and meet cutes. Holy moly. I love not only a narration, yes. but we get the pen scribble sounds and they overlay the text of the actual diary, which is and just so fun. this movie is based on a book with the same name and that book is in diary format so I really enjoy the fact that the movie carried that through the narration is used really well in this movie it really is I had a lot of fun watching her writing things and scratching it out and it live playing on the screen yeah very fun then we've dealt with a meddling mother that mom is so funny as a side plot yes she's just meddling all (laughs) over the place she's meddling in her own life yeah I would watch that mom's movie as well same what was the deal with the father that she just was like she gives a monologue to Bridget about why she's leaving and I think she just realized that she wasn't being appreciated I think she was like having a awakening of some kind feeling some dissatisfaction with her life Mm -hmm. yeah 
I think that was the catalyst. Okay. It's so funny. People make fun of Bridget. Mm -hmm. There's all this commentary about career woman missing out on, like, starting a family that she's on her last legs before it's too late. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like... At 32. At 32. I'm 32 right now. Brutal. (laughs) Wounds me. I'm already past that. Dagger in the heart. I know. They're so cruel to her. We are in the world of 2001. So, just to give you context in what we're dealing with. Yeah, in case that wasn't clear from the casual racism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The trope of being dressed inappropriately for a party. Gosh, she does it over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. She's never dressed appropriately for anything. <laughs> no. Now that you're talking about it, you're right. She's not dressed appropriately for work. That see-through blouse with the black bra underneath yeah hr would have written you up so quickly but this was you know yeah, yeah. sexual harassment was only for men back then you know yeah uh, <laughs> so she has the weirdest outfit on for that party she never dresses appropriately for the office i'm pretty sure that short skirt is because she's doing a walk of shame from hanging out the night before she's still drunk <laughs> right I have no idea. The instance I was actually thinking of when I wrote this trip down was when she goes as a the bunny, a bunny to a garden party, and this is still in the time with you have to call someone on the landline. So she didn't get the message that they just suddenly changed the costume. Yep. The bunny is very reminiscent of Al Woods and Legally Blonde. Oh yeah, first thought in my brain. I think those movies came out in the same year. It was also very classic because oh, that yes. Playboy bunny mm-hmm. trope yeah. for hot women was definitely a moment <laughs> in time. Time capsule for sure. And then she's wearing a short ass skirt to go down a fireman's pole, which doesn't make any sense. Oh my goodness. And she just decides, I'm going to run out into the street, but I'm not going to bother to put pants on. I'll put my runners (laughs) on, but I'm not going to put pants on. She's just never dressed appropriately. It's probably part of the character of her being a bit of a hot mess express. Oh, hot mess express. She really is. It's very charming. (laughs) It is. She does it so well. Again, we have enemies to lovers again. Oh my gosh. Can I... Okay, I have a lot to say about enemies to lovers. Here's my, my problem. Obviously, Mark is the right person for her to be with of the guys she's been presented with whatever but him coming out of nowhere after (laughs) this dinner party where she's embarrassed herself again and then him running down the stairs while his date is up there to tell her i love you just the way you are there has not been enough character development between these two this is something that i didn't notice because i've watched this movie so many times but i think he says like not love so it's not quite as bad but you are right that we don't get enough of them interacting with each other to see his feelings for her change they don't even talk well they've had a couple of interactions before this but it's just been her being upset with him and they're not really having a getting to know you conversation for it to progress quite that quickly they've never had a single getting to know you conversation (laughs) it's literally just her putzing around on that boat and Daniel falling into the water and Mark being like, oh yeah, I definitely think it's childish. Yep, I wouldn't have any fun if someone wanted to goof off with me like that. But they're not actually talking. No, but they talk a little bit at the book launch, I think. Very briefly, but that's even before that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is before that. Yeah, this was something that I hadn't noticed until you pointed it out. Yeah, it really bothered me. There isn't 
quite enough to show his change in his feelings towards her and he just like sort of comes out and says it and i think partly why i hadn't noticed this was because the chemistry between colin firth and renee zalweger is just really great and Mm -hmm. they both are good actors as well the chemistry is great it just doesn't make any logical sense to me they haven't had a moment of sweetness between the two of them before he's laid it all out you know it's bizarre no i i agree with you I think we definitely needed a moment between the two of them that wasn't awkward and a slight mildly antagonistic before he makes that declaration. Have a moment of realizing, oh, maybe there is some charm to each person respectively then it will feel a little bit more earned yeah because honestly what it ends up feeling like to me is she's not considered him for a moment Mm. and the second a guy shows her any affection now she's like oh i love him yeah is what it feels like and that's not safe like that's Mm. not the way you should be doing relationships you know what i mean and so it feels uncomfortable for me yeah i guess you mm, they layered it in a little bit in the beginning because she did find him attractive right off the top and for whatever reason she's put off by the sweater the very cute Rudolph sweater yes sorry uh, I'll stop hopping on about the sweater but I just thought justice for the sweater anyway Anyway. No, but like if you or any of my other friends were not considering somebody at all and then very suddenly you were like, somebody said that they liked me and like now, you know what? It feels like I'm in third grade and it's the first time anyone's ever told me they like me and now Mm -hmm. they're my boyfriend. That's not real, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So that was my my big issue with that. We needed just a little something something. Oh, Someone who doesn't cook trying to make an elaborate meal. I hated this. <laughs> Not only an elaborate meal, but where you're in charge of your own birthday, birthday dinner and your friends are coming over. That's so stressful. And they're what? You're not going to eat now? That's so stressful. I mean, why? Why did you do this? Both of us like to cook. I would never, ever put myself in this position. No. Not a chance. I like to be adventurous with food and try new recipes that I've never done before. Yeah. I might have a little too much confidence, but I rarely truly mess up to the point where you can't eat something have something that's salvageable yeah i feel like i've done that twice in the last like 10 years or something Mm -hmm. and so even if i'm going to try out a new recipe it's going to be one course of a multi-course so even if i bungle it yes totally then i still have the other three courses and it's so well established the fact that she doesn't cook because previously when she's opened her fridge there's like nothing going on in there yeah she's got moldy cheese If I'm hosting something, say if it's like a new, slightly more elaborate dessert I want to try out or whatever it is, I sometimes will do a trial run beforehand. Yeah. If you're going to do it for other people. I don't want to be in a position where there's nothing to eat. If you're at home and you're just putzing around and you're bored and you want to try something, then do it. But not when you're in the position to have your guests be hungry. (laughs) What are you thinking? And on your birthday, especially as someone who doesn't cook. I'm just going to serve my friends this blue (laughs) microplastic soup. That's what she gave them. I was disgusted. That it was a nylon twine. That's what you use to tie your bike to the top of your car. Oh my goodness. Disgusting. Start simple. Because I think cooking is a life skill and I think it's important that we all know how to cook at least 
one thing, but start off with something basic. Don't start off in the deep end cooking, what was it, a three-course meal? Yeah. On your birthday for a bunch of guests. Buy a little bit of pre-made puff pastry. Put some stuff in your puff pastry. Put that in the oven for a hot minute. Ooh. That's easy peasy, and it feels elaborate, but you didn't make the puff pastry by mm-hmm. hand. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. What are you thinking? <laughs> I can't. Because she could be an okay cook and still have the really cute little scene where he comes in and helps because maybe she still bit off more than she can chew mm-hmm. or something. I think they were leaning into they were leaning into a character being a hot mess express. I guess. And I love Renee so she can have a pass. <laughs> I hated the soup though. A begrudging pass from Jasmine. Okay, and then we have the, the diary, which is just like, why? Why is it out in the open? The subversion of the trope yes. is really charming. It's very sweet. Why are you leaving this thing out here? Why are you, Mark, picking up this thing and reading it? Yeah. But I I did like the subversion. It was very nice. And to be fair, she was literally getting into a car to go to France with her friends, so she didn't, like, tidy up. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's true. I also wonder why it wasn't in her bag. Oh, right. Taking your diary on holiday. Like, you'd want to record what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I found that a little odd. Anyway, it makes for a fun trope because he reads it. You're like, oh, no, he's leaving. It's mm-hmm. over. Yes. And it turns out he's just gone to the shops to get her a new journal yeah. because he wants to start fresh. For the new year. Which is actually as good as it gets. Very sweet. That he's such a down-to-earth, stoic man that he can read terrible things written mm. about him and be like, oh, yes, that was a year ago. <laughs> I felt the same way. <laughs> like, that he didn't, you know, yes. he didn't lose it. Yeah. Very good. Very healthy. <laughs> Love that. Please. No more toxic masculinity. He was very calm. He was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. It was a bad, yeah, we were not. Yeah. 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 That's fair. (laughs) Which then leads to the very bizarre running through the snow in her undies, which is fun. What I also did appreciate the tiny detail of, like once they have the reconciliation out in the snow, she's in her undies. As they're kissing, like he's opening up his coat and tucking her in to protect her from the cold. It was just a very cute, small detail. I loved that. I just saw that too and was like, yay, she's cool. Get her in there. (laughs) Help a girl out. She's out there in her undies for you. She ran after you. Put her in the coat. Thank you. Mm -hmm. In fact, give her your coat for the walk back. You're fine. (laughs) And I'm sure he did. I have enough faith in him that he did do that. Same, because he is a gentleman. Yes. Okay, shenanigans. Let's get to the shenanigans. Shenanigans. We already hit some of the shenanigans talking about those tropes too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of bleed into each other. In this movie, they bleed into each other a lot more. Seriously. Yes. Uh, First off, because right at the top, we're getting it. I I feel like we need to start adding this to the tropes maybe, but Mm -hmm. like one of the shenanigans has to be music that's so on the nose, it hurts in Uh, a good way. (laughs) I love it. I feel like this is a trope that we weren't aware of and is slowly evolving as we continue into it. So maybe we'll start including it in tropes. But this soundtrack... Because if you've just been told by a guy who your mom tried to set you up with that you're a hot mess, and then you're going to go home and make a New Year's resolution to keep a journal, and you're literally in your apartment screaming... All by myself. Amazing. Don't want to be all by myself anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'm 
dead. I was like obsessed with this part. It was incredible. So ridiculous. And it just keeps happening over and over and it over again in this happening, movie. And I love it so much. You know, things are going crazy and she's like drinking too much vodka. And so we've got I'm Every Woman is was playing, right? Fantastic. It was. Amazing. And then the boys are fighting outside after <laughs> the dinner gone wrong. And there's a big crazy thing going out on the street her friend tom (laughs) runs across to the restaurant and yells there's a real fight happening and then runs back which doesn't make any sense and i loved it and then the waiters come out as well yep (laughs) and then we get it's raining men are you kidding me fantastic beautiful music oh another one with the soundtrack is when bridget is dashing to declare her love for mark and it plays Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh, yes. Wow, how could I forget? Oh, my gosh. To keep me from you. No, she will run through the snow in her sexy undies that she just put on for you. Amazing. (laughs) The soundtrack. Dead. It's just doing it all. (laughs) I can't. Such a funny soundtrack. There is no new ones. Nope. It's very on the nose. And it is fantastic. You don't need nuance. We're doing a rom-com. No. Rom-coms are not for nuance. Rom-coms are for shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Obsessed. Gosh. And then there's like, for me, the shenanigan. I was like, is this the year? Is it? Is it because this is British? <laughs> Why is everyone so raunchy? <laughs> I think it's the style of the movie in and of itself, but I think it's also like some of that British humor, you know. Gosh, over and over again, I was like, you said what? (laughs) To who? (laughs) You just talk to people like that? (laughs) Excuse me? I think there's some of the slang as well that's like really common there, but is a little bit more jarring if you're not from the UK. Just for example, the use of arse sounds so... Oh, I don't mind somebody saying arse, whatever. I'm just... The forwardness that it takes Mm. to say, P.S. like your tits in that top (laughs) is Is a choice. Aggressive. That's a strong choice. Yeah, it's a lot of that kind of language. Probably a combination of things. I don't know. Okay, because I was like, am I crazy? I don't think like I'm a prude, but I was like, wow, that's a heavy PS from your boss. (laughs) Yeah, especially from the boss. I think it's the coming from the boss that's a bit yikes. Or a lot yikes, not just a bit yikes. super yikes. Why did her boss email her at all? Fair. Harassment. This would all have just been... It's harassment. I would not have been uncomfortable with the relationship happening had it happened maybe outside of literally the workplace Mm -hmm. and outside of literally the work email yeah and the first interaction being this quite aggressive come on in an email like very you don't even see them talk to each other exactly if there had been a little bit of conversation perhaps there's a company event and Mm -hmm. they've gone to a bar and they're the last two people at the bar and the flirtation starts there then yeah you shouldn't be using the company email but now it makes a little more sense yeah if you're doing that and part of the thrill is that maybe you're going to get caught in your company email then we already know because we've established that there's the beginnings of a relationship happening here but oh yeah so i just didn't i didn't like the way that they set it up at all not the first interaction i guess perhaps there was something that happened before at that company party with the karaoke but but we really needed to see it yeah It's not super clear. Yeah, and she's actually saying, based on that interaction at the karaoke party, which they weren't even interacting, she was just making a fool of herself singing poorly off-key, she is using that 
instance as an example of why she thinks he wouldn't find her attractive because of how she conducted herself. Yeah. So that's not even pointing to an instance of there being a little bit of a spark or anything. Exactly. If your boss out of the blue, you guys have not <laughs> said anything to each other romantically, and he sends you an email about your short skirt and tits in that top. Whoa. It's like, whew. Okay. Yeah, I really, I, I actually have no answer for you there. Just speculation, no answers. Maybe someone out there has answers for us. Okay, I was like, <laughs> Clutching your pearls. Yeah, wow. Holy moly. I don't know how I'd react to somebody saying something like that to me. Dead silence. <laughs> I'd be so flabbergasted, I think. Yeah. And then, like, even her commentary when she breaks up with him publicly at the office, mm-hmm. her comment is extremely inappropriate. It's rough. I don't care that you're walking out. The fact that you're going to say that you would rather work the ass of a publicly hated <laughs> entity of the time. Whoa. That's very descriptive and very... Very visceral. Very visceral. Yeah. Holy moly. And that's your like, all right, nice working with you. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) More shenanigans. That entire book launch party was a shenanigan from the start to the finish. Loved it. From Bridget's friends prepping her to how to navigate this very hoity-toity affair. So bad. To her inability to do it. Like, just to hit on a couple of the things. One of Bridget's friends tells her, when introducing people, give a fun fact about the other person. The person that they're introducing each other to. Right. And we have her thinking what she wish she could say. And then just giving a really bland introduction. Between these two people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then, oh, when she has to introduce her boss before he introduces the author, that whole business with the mic not being switched on and the boss at the end being like, let me just switch this on and you get the of the mic yeah. going on. And um, I legitimately thought that she was going to say tits pervert. Yes. I really thought that she was going to say that as well. And I actually kind of like that she didn't because that was what we were expecting to happen. And she's like, phew, close one. Yeah, I was like, I'm (laughs) glad that we're in her brain for this part. Funny, funny. Yes, funny and mortifying. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, her prattling on about the authors and there are a lot of other authors there because it's a book launch. So funny. And she's like, your books are great too. And your books as well. And even you. (laughs) Yeah, and then this one is probably the top 50 of our time. That's Oh, boy. So rough. Bad choice. Bad choice. (laughs) Okay, so something that was really irritating to me, I understand the fact that Daniel is an absolute fuckboy. Whatever. (laughs) But... Is he ever? What I don't appreciate is that he's going to play all these games with different people and then he's getting engaged within a week of dumping Bridget? That timeline made absolutely no sense. Because, like, is he getting to know this woman while he's... Also conducting this thing with Bridget. What what was happening? Was he sleeping with both of them the entire time? Mm, it's not really quite clear. I hate him as a character. Mm. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's easy to make stupid 
choices with guys who are incredibly handsome, whatever. And charming. And charming. But like, nah, not this guy. Mm-mm. I mean, good for her for when Daniel comes again, he tries to win her back. In the worst way possible too, by the way. Oh, it's absolutely atrocious. I thought you were going to be here by yourself. It's her birthday. Horrific. And also his big romantic speech, <gasps> and romantic is in air quotes, is that if I can't do it with you, Bridge, who can I do it with? No, get out of here. If I can't convince myself to settle down with somebody like you, then I guess I'll never be able to settle down. So won't you give me a shot? That was atrocious. Disgusting. I'm so glad that she said I need more or something to that effect. Yeah. Also, the audacity of Daniel putting his arm around her and saying to Mark, oh, Bridget and I would so appreciate it if you stayed for a drink or whatever. Like, no, dude, get the hell out of here. You're not involved. You dumped her and you're engaged, right? What are you doing here? How dare you? Yeah. And you weren't invited to this event. No, you were not invited. Get out. Yeah. It was <laughs> It was not good. <laughs> it was truly awful. You think she's going to be here by herself on her birthday? You don't even know it's her birthday, do you? Uh, <sighs> awful. So yeah, he's an irritating character and I'm glad that she doesn't choose him. Although I guess there's, there's another movie and I saw his face on the picture of the movie. So I, I, I don't know what he's up there to. There are I like two other movies after this. Right, but, but he's I, only in one more. Yeah, which I've only seen one and I have no idea. I, I don't know what the plot is in that movie. Okay, well, he doesn't win. Yeah. <laughs> and he shouldn't. Live your fuckboy life. Just be honest. Stop hurting people. Yeah, exactly. Communication. Be upfront then. If that's what you want. That's fine. Then that's what you must communicate so people can opt out if that's not what they want. Yeah. You don't have to settle down. Just stop lying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of the things that just pissed me off so much, and I mean, Hugh Grant did it brilliantly because it enraged me so much, was just him revving the car and going like, rawr, rawr, with the car as if he... Oh, I did love that. And he does have all these like cute little moments where, yes. you know, Mark says, meet me outside. And he's like, what? <laughs> Shall I get my dueling pistols or my sword? Which I was dying. I was like, yeah. <laughs> snark, snark, snark. I mean, I um, loved how he executed it. I just, that illustrated to me that this character is obnoxious. I think that comedy is really funny and the rar and the jumping on the boat and the silly playfulness of it all was the really. The wet cigarette. Yeah. That was funny. I'm really into all of that, but like at what cost? Yeah. Certainly not enough. Do ever give someone like that a chance? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, Absolutely thank you. not. <laughs> so funny. And then I guess like another thing that we were not pleased about, mm. there are a lot of body image issues yeah. in this film, which is another kind of product of its time. It's, it's really full on. I looked up. For just conversion, she says she's 136 pounds at the beginning of the movie, which works out to about 61 kilograms. And the weight for an average woman in the UK is 81 kilograms. So just that alone is just really bad to be putting out there. And she's 
five four, yeah. so that is a perfectly healthy weight. Yeah. So it's just uncomfortable that she's yeah. trying to lose so much extra, and people are so cruel to her. Literally, yeah. when she walks in on Daniel and the other woman, mm-hmm. as Renee's character walks out, the other woman says, "I thought you said she was thin." Yeah, and it's really awful. I'm sure it contributed to a lot of body image issues for a lot of people. Uh, I mean, that entire decade, really. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. In the zeitgeist. She's in the gym for so long. She's trying to lose all this weight. And then the movie somehow still manages to, on one side of its mouth, say she needs to lose a ton of weight. And then on the other side of its mouth, say, but she's got a good booty. Let's keep Mm. doing a close-up on that ass. Yeah. You know, does she have a nice butt or is she too... Yeah. Like, what is it? I can't stand that. That's so (sighs) infuriating. It wasn't good. And look, this movie's (laughs) not alone in its portrayal of body image issues but like we couldn't just not talk about it either especially how aggressive other characters were in in pointing it out to her you know people kept being so cruel for no reason yeah it was so uncalled for not by the way that if someone is fat it's called for either no of course not like objectively even if nobody commented on her weight to her Mm -hmm. her own internal monologue to lose additional weight is just really toxic when she's already also at a perfectly normal weight it's a lot it actually now that you're mentioning it like that you know it's valid a lot of people do struggle with body image issues and it would have been enough and or interesting if you need it at all for it just to be her own internal monologue with it yeah that's fair it was very unnecessary to have all the other characters telling her that she's fat yeah just don't comment on people's weight yeah let's do that Uh, maybe let's just not comment on each other's bodies at all how about that unless you're just saying something nice like oh i love your outfit or (laughs) yeah i don't know or nice haircuts yeah something like that we could just be kind yeah because even commenting on someone's weight if you mean it as a compliment you don't know why they have yeah from my own personal experiences too because I have ulcerative colitis and so Mm -hmm. my weight can fluctuate quite aggressively depending on how healthy I am. If I'm healthy I can gain weight like a normal person but if I'm really really sick I also plummet really badly and so someone making a comment about losing weight during that time period would be really uncomfortable and upsetting to me because I'm not doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. I haven't chosen it. It's the issue of consent. I didn't consent to this weight loss. It happened to me Mm -hmm. and it's an uncomfortable thing if you're dealing with health issues. Yeah, it's just not nice. Yeah, let's just leave it alone. Okay, so Jane does not like cringy moments at all. So the second, when it's announced that Mark is going to move to New York City with his fiance, Mm-mm. Bridget yells, no, no. <laughs> and the first thought that went through my head was, oh, no, is Jane okay? She's going to hate this. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even enjoy the scene. I stopped listening. I was just fully. Oh, no. I stopped listening. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, Jane's going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> that's so sweet and unnecessary i mean i want it is mortifying you hate those i think it's a great scene i know it's very dramatic like i i think it was done really well and i also wanted to leave my body yeah and i told jade too i would never let this happen to her in real life i love these kinds of scenes i think they're quite funny because they remind me that no matter how socially awkward and uncomfortable i am in social settings with large groups of people i'll never be that awkward 
and it's a comfort. And I said to Jasmine, it's a lot more of an optimistic outlook because I look at scenes like this and I think this is how bad it could get. It could get this bad. What if it gets this bad? I would never let it happen. And see, I said too, because this is another one of these weird things where if that was happening to me, I would be mortified. But if this was happening to Jane and I needed to get her out of there, I would happily take a champagne glass, throw it against a wall, get kicked out of the venue. I would choose that. Oh, but it's a choice, you know, like if your brain is taking yeah, you hostage. you're consenting to this happening <gasps> to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone get yourself a friend like Jasmine. I would do it. I would drop a glass. I'll make a scene. I don't know. Whatever it takes. I believe you would do it. I truly do believe that you would do that. Or start singing something. I don't know. I Whatever it would take. Something to distract. Yeah, I would start singing, I'm every woman. Oh my word. <laughs> I hope this never happens, but I also would be so curious to just see that. Something. I'll do something. I'd, I'd prefer I'd prefer it not to happen, uh, to be honest. I'd, I'd just prefer... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very comforting to know that you would do that, but like... <laughs> yeah, please. Um, I think that's it for me. I mean, we have your fight scene. I love this fight scene. Just to touch on it a Jasmine little was bit more, giddy. I was giddy because I don't necessarily love a fight scene in general. Mm-hmm. I think that they are often, yeah. they're too much. And sometimes just boring. I don't necessarily want the two guys fighting over the woman. It yeah. feels a little like, eh. But this was only done for comedic effect. And it was so funny. Funny. They cannot fight. It's a couple <laughs> of good punches from Mark. He deserved to get in a couple of good shots. Yeah. And then it's just the two of them weirdly flailing around. And I love it. Until they get into the restaurant. Their hands are in each other's faces, like just pushing. It's so messy. They get into the restaurant. They're causing a scene. Mark apologizes for messing up this gentleman's <laughs> shirt. And as he goes to wipe it off, he puts more on the jacket. And so then funny. hold for birthday. Yes, the hold for birthday killed me. I was like, yes. Hold for birthday, dead. They are also polite British men, so we're holding for birthday. And we all then... stopped, we all sang. <laughs> Happy birthday to what's your face. So funny. Happy birthday to you. Let's all politely clap. And then we're going to grab each other and slam through the window and shatter the glass. But we held for birthday. Gorgeous. And as you mentioned, Bridget's friend runs in to just like randomly scream, there's a real fight happening. It's a real fight. And then the fact that some of the waiters come out and are like cheering. (laughs) What's happening? I wrote down, Tom is a messy bitch. You ran over there. You ran all the way over, Tom. Stop it. You are the worst and I love it. I was just so excited about that. When I saw him run away, I was like, oh, is he like to get scared to get into the fight? Yeah. What's he doing? No, <laughs> no, he's going to get an audience. <laughs> he's going to add to it, be the messiness of it. Delightful. I can't. I would watch the whole movie again just, just for, for that one scene. scene. I just want that one scene. That's my favorite part of the entire movie, hands down. I like that they leaned into it being messy and cliched, just with 
the soundtrack of It's Raining Men. I love that they didn't try to make it serious. No. Neither of these two are going to do any damage, serious damage to each other. No. I really do love a corny fight scene in an action movie or things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I love a serious fight scene, too, when the choreography is excellent. Yeah. I'm fully on board for different types of fight scenes, but I do love a terrible fight. (laughs) Like, this is meant for comedic effect exclusively, and I'm on board. Yeah. And both of those actors also super leaned into it. Like, they were getting real messy with it. Neither of them came off looking great. (laughs) This is like what we were talking about when we did the holiday calendar. Mm -hmm. They're both incredibly sexy. I would listen to either of them talk to me all damn day. Oh, yeah. But they do the fight and they're messy and it's fun. There's no good trying to be perfectly put together all the time. I love a performance that's a little messy. Yeah. Get a little messy with it yeah that's the joy yeah fun absolutely all right everybody that brings us to the fun fab fail yeah okay so jane and i have differing opinions once again which is totally fine it's healthy and good and great (laughs) i am of the assumption that our differing opinions are probably based on the fact that this is a nostalgic movie for Jane mm-hmm. and a movie I've only watched for the first time. So I don't have those same nostalgic feelings. Yeah. So I gave this movie a fun because, I mean, this movie is like a comfort movie for me. I mean, I haven't watched it in quite a while, so it was interesting to revisit it, but I think Thing. It'll be interesting to hear what you as our listeners have to say about this movie. Yeah. But I think a lot of my reading has to do with nostalgia. And it's difficult then to really remove yourself and be entirely impartial. Having watched this movie so many times, there's a lot of comfort that comes from it. And just the performances of the actors. I know what the end game is. And the soundtrack is amazing. So it's just like a lot of fun getting there. And so... Yeah, mm. and for me, this has to be another fine. I guess the big reason for me, despite there being plenty of fun bits and pieces, Jane and I talked about it and decided that Mm -hmm. a movie has to be fine if you don't want to watch it again. (laughs) Fun implies that you want to watch it again. And fun can be a huge range. Fun can be, I wouldn't pick it again, but if you've never watched it, I'd watch it with you all the way to, I want to watch this once a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't really like this movie that much. (laughs) And that's okay. I thought it was okay at times. I thought it was highly offensive at others. Ultimately, I just want to watch the fight scene at the end over and over again. That's fine. Since Jasmine has given sort of the bit of the range you're working with in fun, For me, this movie is fun in the way that I won't watch it once a year or even once every two years, but like, say every five years, this will be fun to revisit this movie. Or if someone who's never seen this movie before wants to watch it, I will happily agree to watch it. So it's not on the extra high end of the fun range, but it's like solidly in the middle. Yeah, and for me, I like mentally checked out during the middle of it. Mm. I was so bored in the middle that I didn't even notice the montages were happening. And I love a montage. (laughs) I love a montage. You do love a montage. And there was multiple montages that I didn't even notice because I was just like, okay, can we get to the point? (laughs) 
the montages were flowing into each other a lot in this movie as yeah. well, so they weren't as distinct. So I didn't realize a montage was happening until Jane messaged me montage. And I was like, oh, I guess it is. <laughs> I was just not having enough fun yeah. to realize that I should be excited about a montage. Aww. Which is it's totally fair. A lot of this is tied up in nostalgia. And ultimately, this is all subjective as hell. Yeah. Like, we've covered movies before that have been trashed in ratings. And we loved it. Or that have done really well, and we've felt the opposite. So Yeah, but that's the problem with reviewers. Reviewers are, like, beholden to high art pieces. We're oh, just... Yeah. Did I have fun or not? <laughs> oh, which is the only matrix that matters. A basic. A basic, which is a much better way to live, if you ask me. <laughs> totally. Um. <laughs> Did I have fun? Yes or no? And if you had fun, that's great. And yep. if you didn't, that's also fine. Go find something else that was fun for you. So, that's it. It was fine for me. And it was fun for me. Yep. And now... We are at Uh-oh. our favorite segment. Give me the cheese, please. Give me the cheese, please. <laughs> Give me the cheese, the cheese. Okay, I'm really excited about it. Oh, I'm really excited about mine as well. Okay. Oh, I, I don't even know. Like, I'm probably more excited for yours. I my cheese is pretty lame. Whatever. Whatever. Hey, don't prejudge yourself before we've even done anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Three. Two. Two. One. One cheese sachet Three. in a box back and cheese. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Mine's a little bit heady. So yeah. Okay. Nice classic for you. Nice brie. Gosh. I know who went first for the holiday calendar. Oh boy. Yeah, me too. But I don't know the one in between. Did I over? Um, no, four. I think I went first because I think you did all your toasty things after. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. I have the cheese sachet in a boxed mac and cheese. <laughs> Here is why. A boxed mac and cheese is so nostalgic. <laughs> it is not necessarily the best thing for you, but that nostalgia factor is just amazing and the comfort that it provides is really wonderful. However, why I'm rating this movie the cheese sachet part specifically is that with the cheese sachet you need a lot of other components to make this thing work. No one is going off and eating the cheese sachet by itself, right? Mm -mm. You need the macaroni, you need milk, you need heat, you need a whole bunch of other things to make it really good and so for this movie I think you need a lot of nostalgia for it to be really good. Yeah. I think the soundtrack is incredible. I think all of the actors are incredibly talented and you need them for this movie to work and so together with all these components it makes something that is really delicious really nostalgic and really delightful but on its own I don't know that it would hold up I also don't know that if you would give this to someone who's never had boxed mac and cheese before they'd enjoy it as much no the answer is no so that's my reasoning (laughs) I love it perfect yeah I really do love that that's so funny okay so I gave this a brie why a brie you ask (laughs) the reason why is brie is a classic (laughs) brie is very well known Mm. also brie is highly overrated (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not bad. There's things that you can do. Like you can make a baked brie. That's delightful. You can put it on a really nice piece of French baguette. That mm. seems to elevate it a bit. With some fig jam and some walnuts. Ooh, yeah. So you can good. elevate a brie. But brie by itself is, <laughs> it's not great on its own. It doesn't have a super distinct flavor. It's not better than a triple creme. It's just brie. It's easily accessible. We know about her. We do. She's in every grocery store. I think we feel differently about brie as well. I love a brie. But not by itself. Um, There's cheese I'll no, eat by no, itself. And that, like, I agree with you. Brie is a bit basic by itself. You wouldn't just be eating a slice of it on its own. Yeah. It needs a something. Brie is a staging cheese for other yeah, it ingredients. Is. It is. So for me, this movie is a big old brie. The brie. Yep, that's my brie. I like your explanation. Thank you. Yeah. There you have it. That was our discussion of Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes. Let us know your thoughts on the movie and when we say let us know on your thoughts on the movie please feel like you actually can yeah like we've had some people dm us and say they feel maybe a little hesitant to let us know what you think oh write it on the post we want to know yeah please i think it's fun <laughs> we've been having fun little dm conversations but yes. we could be including more people we can all joke about things yeah because like honestly we ultimately are just two people with uh microphone our opinions are no more important than yours listening truly facts yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway let us know your thoughts on the movie and any shenanigans we may have missed or what cheese you think it is you can follow us on instagram at shenanigans in pod or you can email us at shenaniganginsuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, we, we like, like you very much, much just, just the way you are. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Her friend group is super fun and a moaning Myrtle is yeah. in here and she's still stuck in the damn bathroom crying. <laughs> I didn't even see her. You just heard the voice. And my brain went, <gasps> Myrtle, girl. You still stuck in that bathroom? Which is also funny because this movie is before that movie comes out. I can't. So did someone see that? I'm like, she knows how to cry in a bathroom. Let's cast her. <laughs>